You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. I'd invite you to open your Bibles and turn in them to Philippians chapter 1. This letter of Paul to the Philippians, it, it overflows in its contents with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ isn't mentioned except in these beginning verses and at the very end. And so we'll read these first number of verses, Philippians 1, verses 1 through 11, and then we'll turn to our text in Philippians 4. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, To all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the praise and glory of God. Now we'll turn to our text in Philippians 4, the verses 21 through 23. Greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Dear congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, congregation who lives in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, throughout the book of Philippians, there's a lot of themes going on. There's one theme that keeps coming back time and time again. And that theme is Jesus Christ, who He is and what He's done. There's many other themes that are important to the book, but they all find their their meeting point, their confluence and their source in Jesus Christ. This book is about Him. And so it's fitting this morning that we should look at these words from the book of Philippians as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Because there too, in the table of the Lord, there are are many themes, rich biblical themes that, that come together. And they all come together in Jesus Christ. They're all drawn from the well of His death and resurrection. They center upon His Gospel. And it shouldn't be surprising to us that as we look at this book of Philippians and these last few words of the Apostle Paul, and we consider that we are celebrating the Lord's Supper together, it shouldn't surprise us that they're both all about the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ is the center of life. He is life. He's the center of the Father's affection and love. He's the center of the very universe. Forget Copernicus. Forget Galileo. Jesus Christ is the center of the universe. It all revolves around Him. He's the beginning and the end of life for God's people. He's our King and our Lord. He's our Savior. And so for us, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Apart from Christ, we were filled with lack, shortcomings, wants, desires, sinfulness. But in Christ, we want not. The Lord is our good shepherd. We shall not. Want. He comes to us in an abundance of grace. That's what Paul speaks about here. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. He comes in an abundance of grace, more than is sufficient for us. That's the grace that Paul is talking about in our text this morning. And so Jesus Christ is our life. He's the life-giving bread. He is the life-enriching wine. But you know that this bread and this wine symbolizes more than just life giving and life enrichment. Christ is also the death of us. The bread is the communion of the broken body of Jesus Christ. The wine is the the new covenant in His blood. Blood that was poured out on the cross for us. He died for us. And in Him, we died too so that we might live for Him. And so this brings us to another theme that pops up in this letter to the Philippians time and time again, the theme of unity. Union with Christ means unity with Christ. is a theme that plays out again and again, and it's in our text. Paul is expressing this unity as he greets the brothers and sisters in Philippi, and he sends greetings from others as well. Verse 21 there, it says, greet all the saints. That is, greet every one of the saints in Christ Jesus. That's an expression of the close connection that Paul had with these brothers and sisters in Philippi. He, in other letters, he mentions the names of the people that he knows there. As he writes to the, to the Romans, he says, send my greetings to this person and that person, that person. But in Philippi, he knows all the brothers and sisters there, and so he doesn't have to single them out. Send my greetings to every single one of them. The gospel of Jesus Christ unites. It brings us together in devotion and service. We've all died to ourselves that we might live for Christ. Live together for Christ. And we express that unity also this morning at the table of the Lord. But there's more that we can say about this unity. For it unites together not merely an apostle and a a group of faithful followers of Jesus Christ. It does that, certainly. But consider the character of the people that it unites. It unites together an apostle who himself was an enemy of the cross before he came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. He once persecuted those who served Jesus Christ. 
And now it brings him together with this congregation in Philippi. And also the church there in Philippi had a uh, scattered background, Jews and Gentiles, formerly sworn ethnic enemies, united together in devotion and service to Christ. And it was the grace of of Jesus Christ that accomplished that for them. And also we know, we see here in verse 22, that this group included people from Caesar's own household. It's likely that this was not Caesar's actual family, but servants and employees of Nero Caesar. These were people that were very closely connected with the highest echelons of power, but were also close to the most prominent center of immorality and wickedness. Their Caesar was a leader in sinful indulgence and treachery. Yet by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord was a leader in submission and service and obedience to God. And ultimately, their loyalty was to Him. And so the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ not only unites us in Him, but it also topples over the power structures of the world. It dashes them to pieces and provides the building blocks for true unity, for true communion, for true peace. This is only possible where Jesus Christ is Lord. Where His people cast off all ethnic favoritism, all cultural pride, all economic snobbery. And we do that this morning also at the table of the Lord. In taking the bread and the wine, you communicant members of the body are urged, even required, to empty yourself of pride to empty yourself of all ethnic, social, cultural, or economic pride, anything that might puff you up. Empty yourself and share in the communion of Jesus Christ. How can selfish pride, how can ethnic exclusiveness, how can social haughtiness survive where the grace of Jesus Christ is so clearly displayed and received? The grace of Jesus Christ unites us all together as blessed and thankful and redeemed sinners with a powerful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this blessing is an expression of of the unity that Christ brings. It's also an expression of Christ's all-sufficient grace. It's especially clear when we consider that the normal expression used in Paul's time for for closing off letters would have been something like strength. He would have said, strength to all of you. Now that can be an appropriate farewell for God's people. You can think of the, the depth and the breadth of expression that's meant by that Dutch expression, sterkte. Certainly, it's a powerful word, but... It can also be ambiguous and then perhaps misleading. Strength in whom? Strength for what? Self-willed strength or strength in someone else? But Paul's closing here is beautifully unambiguous. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. You need nothing else. All else is rubbish. What you need exclusively as you go on your way is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how is this grace continually supplied? 
But we get to examine that this afternoon. The Holy Spirit supplies it through the Word and the sacraments. And we receive it by faith. And what really is this grace? It's the favor of God. In this case, it's the favor of that Lord and King who stands at the center of the universe, who is the beginning and the end. His abundant and glorious and rich favor be with you all. And what characterizes this grace? Well, it's what we celebrate at the Lord's Supper this morning. That the Lord Jesus Christ gave His life for us. For you. He gave His life. And He did it by grace for us and for our salvation. Grace be with your spirit. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.